0: Good day and welcome in the Bill Michaels show. We are live. We are in La Crosse, Wisconsin. La Crosse, Wisconsin. Got here last night and uh, had a chance to see uh, my friends Carmen and Rob uh, over at Buzzard Billy's last night and had a, a wonderful, wonderful dinner um, last evening and uh, stayed at the Charmont last night, which is stunning hotel, beautiful hotel. I mean, I, you know, every hotel room is the same. It's a bed. It's, you know, a television. It's a place to throw your stuff down. It's a place to shower and stay clean and then get out of there. But, uh, boy, sometimes you just walk in and the amenities are just special, and that's a – That's a special place. Uh, I love the Charmant. I've been there to drink on the rooftop quite a few times, but I've never stayed there. So what a tremendous experience, and what a beautiful, beautiful place. If you're coming into town from anywhere throughout the state of Wisconsin, look there uh, for sure. I've stayed at the Radisson, which is nice. I've stayed at – there's a Holiday Inn down the the street, Stony Creek. I've stayed all over, uh, even over in La Crescent uh, across the river. And uh, at the new Best Western over there, which is awesome. But uh, the Charmant is just, boy, just a, a, a step above. It is a beautiful, beautiful, old, eclectic place. And really, really like it. Uh, so I had uh, the, the dinner. I was mentioning this in the first hour of the show. So do you have a go-to when you go to Buzzer Billy's? Oh, you Grand? turned
1: me on to that chicken quesadilla.
0: Now that's what I get yeah. every time. And maybe some
1: armadillo eggs if I'm feeling extra hungry. Right. Uh,
0: every time. That's what I do. Last night. Because we've been trying to diet and all that kind of stuff, I thought, well, maybe I won't do that. I won't do the appetizer stuff. Okay. But then I started reading the menu, and I was like, wait a minute. What is this buffalo chicken sandwich? And everybody's got one, and it depends on how you do it. And the, the server said, oh, no, it's it's really good. We do it a little bit different here. And they do, like, shredded lettuce and onions and tomatoes and then the, the chicken itself with cheese on top of it, melted cheese on top of it. But then they, they do um, ranch dressing on it. And I said, well, because I'm not a ranch fan. Believe it or not, I don't like ranch. I am one of the only people in the world that if you've ever gone to a grocery store and you looked at salad dressings and you're like, okay, you're looking for French or balsamic or, or you know, even honey mustard or whatever it happens to be. And then there's like 47 aisles of ranch and because everybody loves ranch on everything. I'm not that guy and so I said can I get blue cheese on it instead oh my god first of all the burger is about as high as my chin and it, which was huge and it was it's messy but oh my god it was so good so good last night and then they do the uh, the hush puppies and they have some of the best beer cheese soup i have ever had anywhere and I used to think when I ran a, a restaurant called the 84th Aero Squadron at the end of the runway in Columbus, Ohio, I thought we had really good beer cheese soup. Oh, my God, is this stuff good. So, anyway, I had dinner there last night, stayed at the Charmont last night. And today we are at Flipside Pub and Grill, 6 to 8 tonight. Scott Emmerich of WXOW is going to be there with us in the 7 o'clock hour. And we hope to see you out here as a face in the crowd for all of you listening throughout the uh, throughout the lacrosse area. We hope to see you out there tonight. It should be a lot of fun. Uh I do have an announcement to make and this actually pertains to you as well Grant Bills. Oh is that is that right? Yes. Um next week we were we were supposed to are supposed to judge the Stennies Halloween costume contest. Right? Correct. The 28th, right? Okay. I have that in the my calendar. Yep. Yes. Uh in the Infinite Wisdom for whatever reason they decided to make Wisconsin Ohio state the 6:30 game. Which would push back the Halloween costume contest to 11.30 or midnight. They don't want to do that. So they've moved it to Friday. Can you make Friday? What time is it?
1: 7, 8?
0: Oh, like 9 there. o'clock at night.
1: Oh, yeah. I should, Yeah, 100% I can do that. I'll leave okay. the studio around 6. I'll drive right over. Hell yeah.
0: So there we go. Okay, so we're all good. Just wanted to make sure. So it's now on the 27th. So if you are uh, consider, which is a little weird because usually everybody gets dressed up on Saturday night and all the costume people go bar to bar to bar to bar to bar uh, on Saturday night. And I wonder what the turnout's going to be on Friday night. It doesn't matter because I'm still going to have a great time. Who cares? But uh, the the Stennis costume contest and party that we are going to be judging, uh, which was going to be on Saturday, is now on the 27th. So I want to make sure we get that out there. It is now on the 27th. They asked us. To make the announcement, so uh, they just texted me during the break at the top of the hour, and I said I, I would, but I said I got to make sure because I I could do anything, but I got to check with Grant. That's exactly what I told him. I said I can do anything, but I got to check with Grant. Do I have to wear a costume of my own to this? Function? You don't have to. You don't have to. Um, Kristen loves to dress up, uh, and so I always try to find something that would go along with her theme, but is minimalistic for me to do. So um she I, I don't think she really there there's a there's a reason why we are what we are but uh there there's just because it's some friends of ours <laughs> that ran into a little bit of trouble so we decided to do the the convict and cop thing. Ah. So I, like I found that. me a a giant orange jumpsuit. And uh, I like the fact that, you know, girls at at Halloween, Halloween has become an adult thing. I really believe that it's become an adult thing. It used to be like for the kids. And now we don't even schedule trick or treat anymore. Like where I live, I love it because trick or treat is on Halloween. That's what it's all about. I don't like, oh, by the way, here comes trick or treat. It's going to be from noon to two on Saturday afternoon. That sucks. If your community does that, your community sucks. First of all, it's right in the middle of college football. That sucks. Secondly, you don't even get to have the kid experience anymore. You don't even get that any. How, how overcautiously are you that you can't even schedule Halloween in the evening? Is your neighborhood that bad? So if you're one of those communities, you suck. You absolutely, you've taken the complete fun out of being a kid for your own whimsical needs for whatever reason. And just let kids be kids, for God's sakes. Walk around with a flashlight like all our parents did back in the day. And then once we got to 8th and ninth grade, before you finally quit trick-or-treating, you were able to run around on your own and go have fun, meet up with your friends, eat candy sitting on a park bench, and then go home. Just stop. But I get off on a diatribe, so I thought I'd throw it out there. There you have it. My my neighborhood, though, uh, Halloween, 6 to 9, man. I love it. 6 to 9. Although I don't get kids. They don't come by the house. Uh, I live in an area where it's just like a half a block out of the neighborhood, so to speak, out of like where all the houses are. And so they don't walk the extra half a block just to go to one house on that street to get trick or treat candy.
1: Well, do you have a reputation for giving out crummy candy? Do you give out raisins? No. Okay.
0: I give out great stuff. Okay. That's just it. And that's the that's the thing that sucks because I'm a I'm a Reese Cup and Kit Kat guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And every now and then you really want to get crazy. I'll throw in the Snickers and the three musketeers. But one and I kid you not one year uh, they ran. I <laughs> excuse me. I went to uh, Walgreens. I It was last minute. I was on my way home and it was like quarter to six. And I'm like, I don't have time to go to the grocery store. So I ran into Walgreens and they were out of Halloween candy, the bags of Halloween candy. So I bought two boxes of the actual candy. Right. Two boxes of the actual candy. Uh the Reese cups and the the actual full size bars of Kit Kats. And I, I was gonna give those out. And three kids came to my door. That was it. They each got one of the big ones and they looked at me like, Are you kidding? This is awesome. This is awesome. And so anyway, uh they come back. <laughs> That's it though. I don't get any other I don't get any other kids. So I always go out and buy like 10 or 15 candy bars of, of regular size because it, you can find at a lot of different stores, like two, four or three, four, you know, you can buy three for eight bucks, three for four bucks, whatever it is. So I'll just go out and grab a bunch of those and give out the regular size. So I at least make it worth the extra half block walk. If you're going to come up to my house, you're going to get rewarded for it. I like, so that. I at least do that. Uh, but yeah, and I, I, my street lights and my, you know, lamps out in front of my house are on all the time. Now, I do have a rather long walk from the driveway to my front door, and I think that's also like eh, I don't want to do that. It's got like five steps to it. I don't think they want to do that. Kids either. these
1: days are so privileged, aren't they? Back when I, I trick or treated, Bill, we'd we'd have to hike through the woods, and I
0: don't know both ways yeah. uphill. Well, yeah.
1: obviously, yeah, and it would be cold and snowy because you know that's what our childhood was like. We're what are we? Twenty years different. I trick or treated like fifteen years ago, but my my road growing up. My parents live on a, on a small rural dead end road on a lake and we were the only kids in our entire neighborhood. So what would happen is we would go trick or treating and all the neighbors would buy candy just for us and they'd give us all of it. So they'd buy one big bag and they'd, they'd dump all of it between me and my brother and my sister because they knew no one else was coming. So I had
0: a great childhood trick or treating. We, we awesome. cleaned up. That's awesome. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I, I will say this. Uh, I've got a, uh, you know what, how much time do I have? Real quick, because I know we're way off, we're way off base. Okay, we're way off base. And and I understand that. And I think I've told this story before. Uh, I got a buddy who is, I believe, coming to town for the Christmas party. I haven't seen him in probably 20, probably since I graduated high school. I really haven't seen him in probably 25, 30 years. And I went to grade school with him. And his mom, God rest her soul, she's passed on. But his mom, his dad was loaded. I mean, La ho did money-wise. Lived in an unbelievable house in the area in which I went to grade school. And his mom she drank. For lack of a better term, she drank. She was, she was an alcoholic. And I think that's ultimately what she died of. Anyway, she used to my friends and I used to go to his house to trick-or-treat. Now, Ted would go to other places. Uh, he had a group of friends on that side of town, and we were on the other side of the the parish, so to speak. So we didn't uh, actually, like, you know, hang out all the time together. But we would go to his house because his mom would get a little gassed. And you'd show up to trick-or-treat by 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock at night. Yeah, it was, it was not good. She was in a bag. But she <laughs> – I laugh. I shouldn't. She would give out money. She'd run out of candy. She'd like dump the bowl in people's bags, and give out all the candy. So by eight o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night, she was out out of candy. So you'd w- go up to the door and you do the trick or treat thing, and she'd be like, you know, I I hate to do the voice, but ah, okay, wait a minute. And she'd come to the door and she'd have her wallet, and it had cash. I mean, just a, a stack of cash. And you know, you hate to say back in the day, but back in the day, like ten bucks was enormous. She started handing out tens. You know, here you go. Take that. Go buy some candy. Go buy some candy. You know, I don't, I think she thought it was a single and it wasn't. It was $10 bills. And I'll never forget. We went back. We all changed masks and we ran back like three times before she caught on to us. And at that point in time, I went home. I had $40 in my bag. <laughs> she would get gas to give out cash. That was the best. That was absolutely the best. And then we always get the lady that, you know, down the street would hand out either, either an orange or a grapefruit and drop that in your bag. That ended up getting whaled down in a hill somewhere that nobody ate it. But anyway, ah, the days, ah, the days of trick
1: or treating. In your neighborhood, you give out oranges. Kids are gonna go throw them in the quarry right down the street right? from your house. That's what I'd do with it throw them. Throw them in the quarry
0: kid. or throw them at the house. You know, that's always that was always my fear is that somebody throwing orange at that orange is a little softer. You get an apple that hits the siding, puts a dent in it. The orange, eh, not terrible, but it'll splatter. But, uh, yeah, you would never get out, give out fruit today because that would get thrown right back at you. Nobody wants that, So, especially in today's day and age. You'd see it on TikTok, somebody coming back and throwing their candy bag at you and trying to get in your front door and beat you up and trying to steal your money. God knows you see it all the time on Instagram and TikTok. Holy mackerel. Uh, anyway, we have gone on way too long. But don't forget, next Friday night, Stenny's Halloween Costume Party. We're gonna be there. Grant's gonna be there. I'm gonna be there. We're gonna have a great time, and uh, hopefully you dress and come down and enjoy us as well. Stay tuned. Let's do this. We're gonna go ahead and take a quick break. We're gonna put the show back on the tracks. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael show. We are broadcasting live in Lacrosse tonight, six to eight. We're gonna be at the Flipside Pub and Grill. Come on by and say hi. Scott Emmerich, WXOW, ABC19, gonna be joining us tonight, and we're gonna be at Flipside. I cannot wait. I've never been there, so I can't wait to get there. Flipside Pub and Grill coming up tonight. More of the Bill Michael show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, Jan Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass
0: no interference on that play coach
2: and stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze can it get any better it can with monthly payments as low as $19 per window $75 per patio door and a free quote at PellaWI.com let's go whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com.
1: 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restricting supplies and showroom for details. Offers at
2: 1031-2023. You got to hit it, make it, rock it, put it
0: Good to have you back. Uh, I just saw this over on uh, Facebook uh, in the last break, but uh, my buddy Dwayne from Dwayne's Cover It All has never, he says, never heard a Taylor Swift song. I find that hard to believe. So I responded to him by saying, just shake it off, Dwayne, just shake it off to see if he gets it. Other people did. I don't think he did, but he said he's never heard a Taylor Swift song. (laughs) I don't know why I bring that up. Uh, Dwayne's covered it all in Wausau, w, uh, or I should say uh, 715. I don't know why I started to spell Wausau. Seven one five eight seven zero twenty one nineteen. Whether there's a boat cover, a travel cover, bimini top. Uh, there's leather uh, upholstery, repair, awnings, gym equipment, office furniture, so much more. Whatever it happens to be, whatever your need is, uh, he's the guy to go to in the state of Wisconsin and maybe even beyond the borders. I know that uh, there was a big office uh, down in Chicago that sent all of their furniture to him, all of it. I mean, it was just stacked up like, you know, they were going to be buried in this collapse of office furniture. Uh, but he got it all done and saved them a ton of money. And if that's kind of what you're thinking, especially in today's day and age where, you know, not as many people are going back into the office on a regular basis, uh, that might be the way to go. Save yourself some money in doing it. That's Dwayne's, D-U-A-N-E-S, Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. D-U-A-N-E-S, Call him 715-870-2119, 715-870-2119, Dwayne's cover it That's com. Um, So he, he responds on a live stream. He said, I'll shake it off all right. I would rather listen to two cats fighting in a sock than listen to Taylor Swift. Wow. Some Taylor Swift hatred right there. I get it. Um. I got a question during the break, and I know we'll deviate a little bit from the Packers here, and we'll get back into some other football stuff coming up at the bottom of the hour. Uh, And this is uh, from uh, Maxie. Maxie says, "Uh, why in the world have we not heard from Craig Council? Is it taking him that long to make up his mind? I think if – I I don't know how – I know with the NFL it works like this, but usually during the postseason – Announcements in Major League Baseball are not made. So, if he's retiring, I don't think you make that announcement. If he's walking away, um, and I don't know. I mean, maybe they could just say, "Well, he's coming back and he signed a new contract." But they usually don't do that. You know, his contract doesn't run out to the end of the month. So I kind of figured it wouldn't be until November, and probably right after the World Series. But I know people are starting to get antsy. Like, why hasn't he made up his mind yet? It, they just, the season just ended a couple of weeks ago. You know, maybe he just got out of town. Maybe they took a family vacation, whatever. I I, I don't know. But, um, but I kind of get the sense that it's going to happen right after the World Series. I mean, it may happen before that, but probably right after the World Series. So in the, maybe two weeks, three weeks, something like that, you're going to hear something. But at least that's my thought. Uh, but I don't know what the rules are in Major League Baseball versus versus the NFL or the NBA. I know the NBA le- doesn't like to do anything announcement-wise to take away from the postseason or an NBA series finals. And I think baseball is kind of the same. I think they put a, a moratorium on announcements. I could be wrong. I know the NFL does. The NFL doesn't want anything coming out um, of any um, – magnitude during the postseason that is you know i mean we we talk about you know coaches that have a bye week and they go interview for a head coaching job or something like that but no there's not a lot of hiring and some firings going on uh during the uh the postseason especially leading up to super bowl nobody wants anything to take away from the super bowl so maybe uh council's just being as a former player and a lot of respect for baseball maybe he's just uh taking his time and Maybe he's uh, going to make uh, whatever decision he wants to make after the postseason has culminated. But I don't I don't specifically know what the rules are for Major League Do you, Grant, do you know what the rules are for Major League Baseball?
1: For announcements and, and news and things like that, no. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think Council's going to drag this out until Christmas. I, I think we're going to know before too long. And uh, honestly, okay. is any Brewers fan being impeded right now by not knowing the future of Craig Council? Like, Watch the playoffs. Enjoy the Phillies, yeah. enjoy the, the Texas series on the ALCS side, and we'll worry about the manager when we got to worry about the manager. Are you surprised
0: by what's going on right now in Major League Baseball? For those that don't realize this, I mean, you know, you have got – first of all, the Philadelphia Phillies and what they're doing right now is, is amazing. I mean, the Phillies are just scorching earth right now. And you've also got a team in the Arizona Diamondbacks. I mean, the Phillies and the Diamondbacks are both wild cards. They were both wild-card teams. So was Texas. So Texas being up two games to none on on the Houston Astros, you've got the Twins that have been bounced. Baltimore didn't even win a game, and they got bounced. Tampa Bay, who won 99 games this season, got bounced. So you've got the 90-win Texas Rangers facing the 90-win Houston Astros, and the Rangers are up two games to none on them. And then you've got the Phillies, who also won 90 games, and they, Atlanta, gone. Atlanta won 104 this year. The most wins in all of Major League Baseball, they got bounced. The Dodgers, again, get bounced. And you've got the Brewers, at uh, 92 wins, got beat by Arizona, and people are throwing a fit over that. It's like, look, I say it all the time. you got to be good. you got to be healthy. you got to be hot. And you get a little bit of luck. And right now, Texas and Philadelphia seem to be on this crash course towards one another they both got hot at the right time Anything can happen in baseball and I it, I, I preach it and we all and I, I'm as guilty as anybody I look at it the exact same way I look at it like this sucks they, they they're the, the least wins out of all the division winners and oh my god you know and I thought look I, I'm right there with everybody else that thought Atlanta was just a juggernaut. They were not going to be beat, and they were going to mash their way through the postseason. And, phew, boy, damned if that did not come true. Holy mackerel. So, I, I've been excited in watching Major League Baseball. And And uh, the other aspect of that is last night, I don't know if anybody paid attention to it, but last night when the Phillies went into that game, Kelly, the the pitcher for the Diamondbacks, he had talked about that nothing was more wild, nothing was louder than anything, than the World Baseball Classic in Miami. He's like, I can't imagine the Philly fans being any any louder than that. So that's the most energetic place I've ever played was in the World Baseball Classic. And, oh, my goodness, last night when it – I mean, early on in that contest, you had Kyle Schwarber goes yard. Turner went uh, – I believe Turner went yard as well. Uh, they had four uh, three home runs last night. And when Turner, the shortstop, hit that first home run, that place erupted because even Turner said in one of the pregame pressers said, look, uh, these fans, he said, I don't know how loud it's going to be, but these fans are just, they're rabid. They're are bad. he I, I think he used the word badass. They're badass fans, man. They're, they're loud. And they bring it. He talked to, he kind of compared it to a cranked up ACDC concert. And when that, when Turner hit the, hit the home run last night, that place went bananas. I mean, and then they let Kelly have it, obviously, um, because <laughs> they went. They they wanted to make a statement saying we're louder than you know a World Baseball Classic stadium, and, and damned if they weren't last night. So it's been fun. There's been backstories to pay attention to, and it's been fun to watch postseason baseball. But Philadelphia, man, ten to nothing. They beat the crap out of Arizona last night. Yeah, I, I've just enjoyed watching it.
1: It's been fun. They're an entertaining team in an entertaining venue, I think we maybe get a little bit out over our skis, Bill, when we talk about the Dodgers and the Braves and the, you know, these juggernaut teams yeah. going down the Phillies, you know, they were talking about it last night of the broadcast. They shell out $300 million for Trey Turner and the Rangers shelled yeah. out a bunch of money for Corey Seager. So it's not like they're yes. Maybe these teams didn't have the best regular season records, but these are talented teams that have invested a lot. So it's not like these two teams, obviously in the case, of the Phillies are filled with no name guys. They're star players, um, right. They just happen to be playing very well right now, and that couldn't be said for Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman on the Dodgers and, and some of the Braves' best sluggers.
0: When um, – well, uh, the Phillies have um, – the, by the way, the Phillies' second most payroll uh, going into next year in Major League Baseball, the second most, just an FYI. This year the Mets were number one, as we know. And the Phillies were fifth overall. The Texas Rangers were fourth overall when it comes to payroll, Major League Baseball. So it's not like these two teams, as wild cards, came out of nowhere. They knew they had talent, but the Phillies uh, spending two—I think the Phillies spent two hundred and forty-five million dollars this year, and the Rangers were like two fifty. Um, the Phillies are the only team in Major League Baseball with not one but two three-hundred-plus million-dollar players. The only team in baseball. So I agree with you. It's not, like, it's not like as a wild card, these teams are, oh, by the way, oh, golly, gee, oh, shucks, we, we, we don't have any money because they, uh, they do. They got some serious money, and uh, they're in the top five in Major League Baseball, both the Phillies and the Rangers. I mean, the Dodgers were sixth. The Astros are seventh, and you got to go way down the list to find the Diamondbacks at 21. The Diamondbacks actually invested less money this season, $119 million, than the Brewers did. The Brewers had a um, 125 million, and the Diamondbacks had 119 million this year in payroll coming into the season. So, and, and then next year, uh, the Phillies are going to have the. Uh, as far as what's on their books right now, the Mets are still at 195 million. The Phillies next year, if you just take the 26 man payroll, not the full roster yet, but the 26 man payroll, uh, what's on the books right now, the Phillies are number two in Major League Baseball. With the most money. Uh, by the way, just in comparison, the Milwaukee Brewers—they go down to number 23. The Brewers have a total investment right now going into the next season of 60 million dollars. Now we know that's going to go up, but just the just the the 26 men that have contracts right now, the Brewers are 23rd in baseball with 60 million dollars. Baltimore, by the way, the le- Baltimore—take ha- a guess at how much money Baltimore has invested for next year. That's sitting on the books right now. Can't be that much. It's got to
1: be bottom half of baseball, right? Oh, God, yes. Probably bottom third. I mean, they're all kids. None of them have leveled up through arbitration. They haven't signed any big name. They might sign some free agents this offseason. Like, maybe that would behoove them.
0: Yes, they do. They will. Baltimore, with the youth on that team, they are thirtieth. They're dead last in Major League Baseball with their roster that's paid right now going into next season, with a whopping total of twelve million dollars. Think about that and how much money you could spend in free agency. Holy crap! Twelve million is what they have invested. The Oakland A's have fifteen million, Pittsburgh at twenty, and Cincinnati uh, Cincinnati at twenty seven point three. And then it actually gets into close to $40 million and up from there with Kansas City, Cleveland, Arizona, and Milwaukee. But $12 million. 12.4 to be exact.
1: Let me, uh, let, me, let me raise you this, Bill. Let's pretend that you're an Orioles fan. Let, let's yeah. say that your team, the Orioles, acquire Corbin Burns this offseason for a package of prospects that's yep. good, but you keep your studs. You, you don't give up anything unbelievable. And you give Corbin Burns a, a three- or a four-year deal. I'd feel like a pretty nice building block for a team like the, Ori- the Orioles, right? That might make sense. That would
0: be bananas. Yeah, they've got Aaron Hicks at 740000 their center fielder. They've got James McCann uh, at 650000 and a $4 million adjusted salary next year. And then everybody else is going into their first or second arbitration. There is no other money on the books. None they have all these players going to arbitration now, uh you know Anthony Santander, he's probably going to get right around fourteen the estimated tax uh, some guys are expected to make anywhere from five to six million, you know things like that, which can give you um you know probably right around forty million dollars worth by the time it's all said and done, but man, think of that think of that their projected payroll next year is going to be right about 70 million depending on where they want to end up with uh an estimated in what their payroll could be to their budget which was 142 142 million dollars an estimate via profit and loss for the Baltimore Orioles they would have another 70 to 80 million to spend just next year in salary that's can I ask crazy. you
1: uh, can I ask you one more baseball? I love talking yeah, baseball. Go ahead. Can I ask you one more thing? I felt like this year baseball was more relevant nationally, like I was focusing on more than just the Brewers, which I don't always do. I, I read yesterday, or this was a couple days ago, uh, that game one of Astros Rangers drew more viewers than any LCS game in either league since twenty fifteen. So for whatever reason, people are watching baseball nationally. We had some new rules this year, uh, changes in the way that things were scheduled, more balanced scheduling, and then teams like the Orioles and the Diamondbacks and the Mariners who were relevant for the first time in a while. And Otani was a great story. This was just a great baseball season nationally, Bill, don't you think?
0: It was a great baseball season. It was, I think, marketed extremely well. It was fast. It was fast. Scoring was fast. Um, it was just different this year. I can't put my finger on it. I watched more games out of market this year than I think I have in 20 years. I don't know why. There was just a legitimate excitement to baseball, and I can't explain it. I, I But I I paid attention. And, and I honestly I, – maybe this has something to do with it, but the fact is – when you're sitting here and you're looking at the standings at the end of the season, and you look at what teams are doing, and you see, oh my God, the Baltimore Orioles, who have been toiling away in anonymity for years, have won 101 games, and it's not the Yankees, it's not the Red Sox, but you got Baltimore and Tampa Bay, you got Minnesota winning the division. And they they started their climb. I mean, the White Sox were supposed to be all that and a bag of chips, and they fell. Another big city fell, and instead Minnesota. And the Twins, it's a big city, but they're still considered a smaller market team. And you still got Houston and Texas. Seattle was relevant. Um, You know, and obviously with what Otani was doing out in L.A. uh, for the Angels, there was some relevancy there. There was a lot of talk about the Oakland A's moving to vegas so there was some excitement building there atlanta went on this tear you still had philadelphia miami was relevant and remember it was supposed to be the new york mets division and they went down like the titanic and then you had three good teams four good teams i mean st louis was expected to win so their fans stayed engaged brewers were supposed to be right there our fans stayed engaged and then you had the surprising reds and cubs who at one point or another were putting pressure on the division the Diamondbacks were winning the division for a while. San Diego spent all that money, really never got to relevancy. The Dodgers were the Dodgers. They're always going to be. So you had more teams and unfamiliar teams at winning divisions hovering around the division, the tops of the division throughout the season. So maybe with everybody paying attention to what was going on and looking over the fence to see who was playing who and what team was they were fighting for the top spot in the division, and maybe they were playing somewhere, maybe you had that transfer of attention in a lot of different ball games, and because so, that's what I did, I was interested to see the Yankees go down. So I, I was, I was rooting against the Yankees all season long. I was, I was rooting against the Braves, but the Braves were so much fun to watch. I was rooting like hell against Houston. So I, I just, I paid attention to other games, and that was the reason why, I guess.
1: And maybe this is wrong, but I just got a tweet from a listener, uh, John, who brings up a good point. It was fun to read the stories all year long about what was going wrong with the Cardinals. I know that's messed up, yeah. but I like I would read Katie Wu. It's like, oh, John Moselak did what? Like what's Ali Marmol is struggling with what? Sometimes it's fun to see those you know, like it, right now with the Patriots. A lot of people are enjoying how much they're struggling because we watched them win for so long. And it's fun to see some of these, the Mets and, and the Padres and some of these teams we expected to be good. Correct. But also the Cardinals. It's fun to see a team like that lose every once right. in a while.
0: No, I agree with you. We're woefully late for a break. Let's do this. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show to get to. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Go to Pottawatomie. Go to PaysBig.com. Whether it's for great food, say the, the Rock and Brews, the uh, Dream Dance Steakhouse, you've got the 360 bar, you've got gaming, you've got sportsbook, wh- whatever it happens to be, even Bingo is back, or just an overnight stay at the hotel, go to PaysBig.com. That is PaysBig.com. <laughs> Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back. The Bill Michael Show continues on. Um. Chuck says, did you see, we were talking a little baseball before we went to the break. Uh, Brandon says, yeah, absolutely. The game seemed to go a lot faster. Mark said, go Philly. I want to see Ben's mom climb the pole. Now, uh, just so you know, Mark, I took a screenshot of that and sent it to Ben. (laughs) He said, oh, my God, God, I got to opt out of that conversation. See, Ben said it. So now we've got to push Ben, Kenny, to, in some way, shape, or form, get his mom to climb a telephone, a greased telephone pole, and stand on top of the uh, "Don't Walk" sign on uh, on one of the street corners. That's that's my goal. I now that's why I'm rooting for Philadelphia now, without a doubt. I'm rooting for the Phillies to win because I've got to see Ben's mom climb climb the pole. I have to. <laughs> uh, Chuck says, "Did you see the Trevor May? What he said about the Oakland A's ownership. May retired, and his closing comments basically ripped the owners a new one." Uh yes, I did. It's what they've done out there in Oakland is on one hand it's a travesty. It really is. It's 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 bad for the game. It was bad for the city, it was bad for the fan base. It's just it's 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 crap all the way around. However, The Oakland A's, you go back into the day, um, they were kind of a sideshow, and then they got good. And you go back into Catfish Hunter and all the guys that they had back in the 70s, and they were a really good team, and they were relevant. And then they went away, and then Tony La Russa and the Bash brothers and such and Eckersley and everybody came back and Ricky Henderson, and then they made them relevant again. And then once that ended... They just really haven't been overwhelmingly relative, rel, rel, um, relevant since, and the ownership blamed the city and said, "Look, we can't make money here. We can't." And they told the city for years and years and years, "We can't make money. This is not a ballpark in which we can make money. Everybody else is building these new um, these new ballparks." I mean, it started kind of with when the old Comiskey was torn turned uh, torn down, and then a new one was built, and then you had Camden Yards. Which kind of set the standard, and then the Jake before it became Progressive field in Cleveland. And you could see baseball's return to old style baseball, these old stadiums. I go back I mean like even um, you know where Houston plays, how they used to have, and I don't even think they still do, but they used to have an elevated center field. And that goes back to Crosley Field in Cincinnati from years, even before Riverfront Stadium because it all they, stadiums were built in these weird areas where it was kind of wasteland and they made something out of it and they had to you know like look at uh, Fenway it's it's inside the city and they built the wall based on, upon the the street <laughs> there is no room there you can't expand it there's nowhere to go so they went up right that's why it's a green monster cuz you got to hit it over that they went up rather than back and baseball parks had a romance to them, to each unique individual park, you know, much like Wrigley. Um, so you started to see this return of these, these parks, and the A's wanted that. They said, "Looks, let's, let's do that here. And Oakland flat out said, no, we're not going to do it. So one by one, they lost the Raiders, because the Coliseum was originally built for the Raiders. It was built more for football than it was for baseball. And it, it, baseball never really fit in there real well and because uh, it's – I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's just that the foul territory is massive, massive because of the football stadium, because of the arrangement. And so I get it. I understand that ownership has done the city down the stretch dirty and done the players dirty. But the ownership group for years said, can we please come to a commitment? And the city just would have nothing to do with it. And now finally they're going to lose the team. And now the city's stepping up going, oh, no, we'll do this, we'll do this. And it's like, well, you're doing too little too late at this point. It's kind of like the Bears wanting to to leave and go to go, go to Arlington. And the Bears for years said, we need this, we need that. The field sucks. We're not making any revenue uh, off of, you know, the the Parks Department who actually owns and operates Soldier Field. And on and on and on, and finally they just said, "You know what? We we can't do this anymore." Now all of a sudden, here comes the mayor with all these grandeur, you know, plans of grandeur, and th- I think the Bears are kind of like, "Ah, oh, this is kind of appealing, but we really still don't own anything, so we might go build somewhere else." I I don't. I think the Bears are still going to leave uh, downtown Chicago, but now you see that when these cities realize that they're going to lose these franchises after playing hardball. We're not going to do this. No, not on my watch. And then all of a sudden they're leaving. They're like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Do, did you you, were, you think we were serious? Which kind of went on, is going on with the Brewers. It's like it's it was, you know, three hundred, four hundred million 400 million bucks. It's gone up since then. And now they want to put in all this other crap. And the Brewers are like, wait a minute. We just needed to get the ballpark, the maintenance of the ballpark handled. We were going to throw in 100 million bucks. Can you help us out a little bit? That's it. And then you had the idiots on council. We're not on my watch. Okay, talk to you later. You know, if you let a team leave over a few hundred million bucks, you're a moron, and you're never going to get one back, and you're going to be the guy that's going to have a franchise like the Milwaukee Brewers leave the state. And while you may be benefiting the city of Milwaukee and your minor constituents in whatever little corner you live in, uh, the the overall state is going to hurt because of it. So that's why uh, they – they are uh, upset. So, anyway, uh, let's do this. Uh, we were woefully late in the last segment, so uh, we got to get back to a break, and we'll come back. we got Mark Schofield coming up uh, at the uh, top of the hour. We're going to get back into the NFL, chat a little bit about that, the entire NFL, and also uh, how big of a game this is for the Packers to kind of put the train back on the track. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at uh, Stoley's Hog Alley. And uh, also Stoll's Hole 109, terrific fish fry coming up this weekend. As we all know, they've got great burgers and pizzas and uh, TVs everywhere and live music. And I can go on and on. It's uh, Stoll's Hog Alley on uh, Oconomowoc, out in Oconomowoc, and Summit on Venice Beach Road. And then Stoll's Hole 109 County Road R in Watertown. And both are awesome places, but more so there's awesome people behind the bar and there's awesome people that own it. And just good, good people. You love supporting good businesses, and there are a couple of them. So thanks for supporting Stoley's Hog Alley and Old 0109. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays
0: Good to have you back. Coming up at the top of the hour, Mark Scofield, SB Nation, going to be joining us, getting back into some NFL talk. And now, how interesting is the NFL? We don't have an unbeaten any longer. And you've got, obviously, some good matchups coming up. But uh, the strength of each conference at this point, whether it's Miami or Kansas City, uh, what about a team like Baltimore, who has looked good at times, but uh, has not been able to sustain it? Uh, you got Cincinnati, who started out awfully, and now they're starting to come on. Buffalo, which plays really well one week and poorly the next week. Uh, can the Jets sustain? Uh, i got to be honest. I didn't think the Jets would be 3-3. Three and three. I thought they'd be 2-4, and four, even with Aaron Rodgers at this point. And I was wrong about that. So Zach Wilson and that defense has suddenly put them at three 3-3 and three on the season. Now, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, we're I w- we're going to hear from him coming up uh, in in the next hour. And I want to get back into that. Um, he had a few, a couple things to say, and he's he's uh, some kind of bionic man. I don't you get the sense with what he's doing and what they're calling him, uh, Grant, when it comes to this, you know, like phenomenon or a superior human being or whatever some kind of stuff that it is that he's taken or something. Uh, that maybe the Achilles tear was not as bad as what a normal Achilles tear would be? Well,
1: I hadn't thought about that. Uh, I I just know that Aaron Rodgers is not a a subscriber to any, like, norms. Like, just because this is the way it's always been done with this medical procedure or this or that, that doesn't mean that that's the way Rodgers is going to go about it. So I think his rehab, however long it takes, is going to be unorthodox and out of the box. And who knows? It might work really well. Maybe he comes back early and, 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 and is terrific. Who knows?
0: I just, I, I had a couple of people that said, "Wow, it probably wasn't fully torn. I remember watching that calf muscle pop, which was the tendon, the, the Achilles tendon underneath that, snapping off and going up underneath the calf muscle. I we, we all saw it. It wasn't like it was just a little tear, and it was just a twitch or something. No, we saw that thing pop on national TV. So I, 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 I got to feel like there's still no way he comes back this season. But for what he's doing, for everybody else that's had that injury, they're like, e- this is like something we've never seen before. So, uh, we'll see. We're going to talk with Mark Scofield, SB Nation. He's going to be joining us coming back. Stay tuned. We are broadcasting live. We're in lacrosse. Coming up tonight, we're going to be at Flipside Pub and Grill. Flipside Pub and Grill tonight. Can't wait. Six to eight for the Bill Michael settle we hope to see you out there is a face in the crowd more of the Bill Michael show coming up next